This is Christian Questions. Larry King once said, I remind myself every morning, nothing I say this day will teach me anything. So, if I'm going to learn, I must do it by listening. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. And Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And folks, we are truly glad you've chosen to spend some time with us on this beautiful summer Sunday morning. Good morning, Jonathan. What's happening? Good morning, Rick. Well, our question this morning is, how does God speak to us here and now, part two? And our theme text is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So, Jonathan, a few weeks ago, uh, and actually you were not here for part one of this program. No, I wasn't. Okay. Kathy filled in for me. So we'll have to fill you in as we go. But you did call in, I, I remember. And that. I listened. <laughs> a few weeks ago, we began talking about how God communicates uh, to us uh, in our day. We began by looking at the biblical history of God and humanity and really spent most of our time talking about in our part one, how he doesn't communicate with us now. So this week we're going to focus on what we believe to be the uh, provable and scriptural ways in which God, God Almighty, communicates to us as his Christian children here in the 21st century. And, And notice I said we're going to spend most of our time focusing on what we believe to be provable and scriptural ways. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think... If you want to have communication with God Almighty, you might want to try to do it in ways that are established as working instead of making up your own. Ooh, <laughs> just, that's important. Just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get much more into that as we go through the program. But but first, let's go back and, and let's take a few minutes here, Jonathan, to go back and, and, and firmly reestablish what we talked about uh, in our part one of this program uh, several weeks ago. So... A quick review of God's biblical methods of communication. We need to observe how some methods are used in different ages with different people. All right. And I think I think that if we understand that particular point, where we can be really, really on the road to to really grasping, you know, hearing the voice of God in our lives. Because look, I think everybody who believes in God really does want to hear the voice of God in in their life. Oh, for sure. So. If we can establish that God has communicated different ways at different times, then we can say, okay, what are the ways for our time? Exactly. So let's do start our quick review um, going back to some of the original communication between God and, well, just for a couple of people there, Adam and Eve, there they were, Genesis 3.8. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So when you look at that kind of communication, Jonathan, what was it? How, how, how did it work? It was kind of without barriers. It was a direct communication. Okay. Um, the created is in a natural communication with the creator. So... 
never, ever, ever in, in, in the world since then have we been in that particular position. That's right. Okay, except for... There was a change. Except for Jesus being in mm-hmm. natural communication. Yes. Um, but you have that sense of natural and direct... God speaks, God walks to the garden, oh, no, God's coming. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that all means, but they understood it. They did. <laughs> okay, so you had that. Now, sin enters, obviously, and now what we see is the rules change. That's right. Okay, so now let's look at Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. Then God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. Okay, so what's the difference here? Because it sounds like God is still talking. It does, Rick, but direct communication by selection only those like Noah who were striving to do his will did God talk to. So the direct communication with humanity was turned off and the direct communication with selective individuals who were righteous according to godly ways was still turned on. Yes. Okay, so we see that. That in, is a big change. It, it is a big change, but it's still s- somewhat direct. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, God yes. spoke to Noah and, you know, however, however that worked and not only did he speak to him, he says, here, here are the blueprints for the boat. Go, yeah. go to work. <laughs> it's going to take you 120 years to build yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, get, get started now, will you? <laughs> Have a good meal before you get, get to work, though, okay? Uh, all right, so, so you've got that. Now, time goes on a little bit further, and visions begin to accompany the direct communication. Now we go, we're past the flood, Genesis 15.1. And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Okay, so what's the difference? Well, visions for the seeker, a dramatic way to make a point. So you get the sense that it's just not this this voice from heaven anymore. It, there's, there, there's more, it seems like there's more of a distance. Mm. So this vision is a way to literally see something that God wants you to see. Right. And Abram, it said, the word, it said Abram, we know that Abram's name was changed to Abraham. Mm-hmm. And he became the you know father of Isaac, father of Jacob, who became Israel, and so forth and so on. So, so here, visions now are a part. You know, seeing something that isn't really there, that God puts before you. Now, how does that work? I don't know. All I know is it's recorded in Scripture, and it was a very effective tool of communication. Yes. Okay? So we've got that direct communication without barriers in the garden. We have direct communication only to those who will listen after, you know, like with Noah. And we're just giving one example of each of these things. Sure. And then visions for the seeker of God, like Abram. Next, we have dreams being introduced as a way that God communicates. Genesis 28.12. Jacob had a dream, and behold, a ladder was set on the earth. Okay, so he has a dream, and it's, you know, the dream of Jacob's ladder. And really, you know, when you say ladder, it was probably much more like a great staircase. Mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. you think a ladder, you think you're, you're climbing up, but you know, angels are coming up and down this ladder, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't do that on a ladder, okay? <laughs> it always bothers me when they say Jacob's ladder. It should be Jacob's grand staircase. <laughs> But I digress. <laughs> so, so what's the point of dreams? Well, the dreams that were given to both followers and others to reveal God's character, prophecies, and power. So now, it's interesting because dreams are not just given to only followers, but upon occasion to somebody who is not for the purpose of showing God's will to, to the world in, in, in specific circumstances. Mm-hmm. Okay, so dreams are, it, it seems like they're a wider variety of God's communication. So you, you started out with the big 
direct talking, then you go to visions, and now you sort of expand into dreams. Again, this is, and if you notice, we're still, all of these things are in Genesis. That's right. <laughs> okay, so you're having all of this starting. So dreams were obviously a really important part of the Old Testament. Yes, they There's were. many, many instances of dreams. They're, they are obsolete in the New Testament for Christians. Why? Well, then that's a good question. It's like, it seems to be like a sweeping statement. What do you mean they're obsolete? You mean God doesn't communicate through our dreams? And, and there's a caveat to that, which I will, I will get to in a moment. But let's, let's get to the New Testament. Why would, do we say that dreams are obsolete in the New Testament? One primary reason is the New Testament times and our times have the benefit of the written Old Testament. Oh, that's a good point. So if you're living the history that would direct you later, you don't have it written because you're living it, Old Testament. But in the New Testament, they could look back and see the principles of God written out already. Mm -hmm. Okay? So in the Old Testament, before the law was given, you didn't have the law, so you needed to get God's will other ways. Good point. Second Peter 1, 18-20. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. So, you know, it's interesting that Peter's talking about the vision of the Mount of Transfiguration and the voice, and that was pretty dramatic. Oh, yeah. But he says, but we also have this more sure word of prophecy. And he's basically saying the written word is even more powerful. Make sure you make use of that. So, so the apostles are telling us to focus that. Uh, you know, so we've got the written word as well as the benefit of the words of Jesus and the apostles. They are now our written words along with the Old Testament. Second Peter three, fifteen to 16 helps us to see that. And regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters speaking of them, of these things, in which are so some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. You know, and Jonathan, I love the way that says, to, as they distort as they do the rest of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So the Apostle Peter is telling us that the writings of the Apostle Paul are as powerful as the writings of the Old Testament. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and That's giving that credibility. Well, it is. credibility. And, and so that's why we don't need dreams. Now, having said that, can God, you know, when you're working on things and, and thinking about things, can he, you know, allow a dream to come into your heart and mind and you wake up and say, wow, you know, I wonder if that means something. Of, I, of course. But that's not God's primary way of dealing with That'd us. That would be a very rare situation, but it's not impossible. Right, right. And, and we'll, we'll go into a lot of those things as we, as we go, go into the, uh, the program. But, uh, you know, Jonathan, let's take a, a moment here. Uh, let's go to a soundbite because um, it, it gives a suggestion on hearing the voice of God. And ta- it's from a YouTube thing uh, called Discerning Between the Three Voices You Hear in Prayer. Let's just listen to this. I think it's just a matter of trusting that God will open that Bible to the right page. It's a childlike trust. It doesn't come easily. It doesn't come easily. It doesn't come easily. I guess it doesn't come easily. We're so <laughs> mental and so controlling. The whole idea of letting go of control and allowing something to uh, open to the right thing is just 
real scary and alien to us. Um, but it's a matter of letting go and, and taking Daddy's hand. So there's this sense the of, voice of um, there's this sense of okay, you know, you want to hear the voice of God? Go to your Bible, open up the Bible, and He's gonna He's gonna if you have the true heart desire to hear Him, He's gonna just bring you to that to the right scripture. So what do you think about that? Sometimes it does work. <laughs> okay, but, but the value of God's word throughout the whole thing. There's inspiration on every line. You know, and, and that's a really, really good way to put that in perspective. There, there is absolutely inspiration on every line. So, yes, sure, that can happen. But is that the way that God is meaning to speak to us on a regular basis? And I think, Jonathan, the answer is no, 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 because he's got much better methods of communication in place. That's that, right. that work better, that are more consistent, and that are proven. So very, very quickly, Jonathan, before the break, you know, we, we talked about dreams and vision, well, visions very, very briefly. But visions, um, there were visions in the New Testament. Now, yes. there weren't dreams given to any New Testament characters. Those who were involved in Christianity, Joseph had dreams and so forth, mm-hmm. you know, before Jesus, but right. but not not to those after. What about visions? Visions were absolutely used in the context of Christianity. Okay. Visions were a tool to prepare specific individuals for specific and dramatic changes. You think about the uh, Cornelius, for instance, and Peter. And Peter. Okay. Yeah. Visions were apostolic tools of specific instruction to aid in the spreading of the gospel. So. Visions were a part of the New Testament, but they were not a normal, everyday part of every Christian life in the New Testament. See, that's the difference. And sometimes we like to look at the more dramatic things and say, Wow, I want God to communicate with me this way because I'll really get the point. But is that the way God communicates with us here and now in the Christian age? This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, How Does God Speak to Us Here and Now? Part 2. Coming up, Does God Speak to Us Through Signs? Specifically, signs that we might ask for. That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, How Does God Speak to Us Here and Now? Part 2. To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. Or message us on your app. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And if you don't have your app in your smartphone, why not? Yeah. What are, you, what are you waiting for? The Christian Questions app is such a great, great tool. And we're going to get to some app tips in a little bit um, just on, on how to use it and so forth. So, so Jonathan, let, let's get into, okay, how does God speak to us here and now? Does he speak to us through signs, specifically signs that we might ask for? And now, look, we can hear the voice of God through our experiences. Oh, we can, I for sure. I truly, absolutely, 100% believe that. How does that work? Let's look at an Old Testament example of somebody who had some dramatic experiences and asked God for a sign and got it. This is Gideon. Gideon was a faithful servant of God. He asked God to verify his direction and God verified it. 
in exactly the way Gideon asked for. So this is a really, this can be a very inspirational story like, whoa, you can really do that? Well, let, let's read the story and let us talk about it. Judges chapter 6, verses 36 to 40. This, and, and, and just, excuse me, but this is just dropping in in the middle of an experience which we'll explain of Gideon's. Then Gideon said to God, If you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on all the ground, then I will know that you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken. And it was so. When he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he drained the dew from the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not let your anger burn against me, that I may speak once more. Please let me make a test once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, and let there be dew on all the ground. God did so that night, for it was dry only on the fleece, and dew was on all the ground. So let's get this straight. Gideon puts out this fleece and instruct. Now he instructs God as to what it needs to look like, so for him to understand God's will. Because he was scared, nervous, yeah, right. and he wanted to make sure he got the message correct. So God answers him precisely the way he's asking him to answer. Yes, him. he did. And Gideon says, "Okay, now God, don't be mad." But I need to do it again. I just, I just need one more test. One more confirmation. We're going to just reverse the circumstances this time, but I just need this next test. So, so you know, wh- what about me? Can I, should I be putting out the fleece like Gideon? I mean, do we have that power to say, you know, we can determine God's will in our lives by saying, okay, God, you know, um, if this experience happens precisely this way, I'll know it's this answer. And if it doesn't, I know it's not. Is that something we should be doing? God, folks, if you have a thought, give us a call at 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. And that means we're on right now. We want to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page and our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. Okay. God can and does speak to us through our experiences. He does. But... But we need to clarify how he does it and how he does not do it. And, and Jonathan, I want to make a statement here that I don't want to you know, burst anybody's bubble, but we are not Gideon. That's true. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> but let's consider the following. Let's just make some observations on what led Gideon to this very point. Okay, so we're going to just really very quickly sum up uh, some of Gideon's actions from Judges chapter 6. Uh, go ahead. Israel sinned mightily while under the dominance of the Midianites for seven years. Okay, that's in chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. So Israel was not in a good position. An angel tells Gideon that he will deliver Israel. Gideon is younger, youngest, his family least, and he questions. So this angel comes to Gideon. And now there's a hint. An angel comes to Gideon. This is not the experience that we have. No. Okay. Angel comes to Gideon and tells Gideon, you're the one who's going to deliver Israel. Gideon is, is the youngest in his family, and he's not even supposed to be in a position of authority according to the, to the Jewish law and tradition. So he's saying, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> you want me to do what? <laughs> yeah. This doesn't, didn't make sense to him. So he questions it. What's next? Gideon asks for a sign, and the angel consumes Gideon's sacrifice 
miraculously. And that's in verses 17 to 24. The angel is there and Gideon says, wait right there. I want to I make a sacrifice because I know this is of God. So he's being holy. He's, he's being respectful. Nice. But, you know, he says, okay, well, how do I know? And then the angel puts his staff on the sacrifice and is magically, not magically, no. automatically consumed by fire. So Gideon sees this very, very vivid demonstration of power. Next, Gideon follows God's command and destroys the altar of Baal by night. So there were altars of Baal all over the place, and there was an, his father had an altar to Baal, and that's the one Gideon goes after. He and ten men, they go and they, they break it down, and they break down the, the, the grove of the trees next to it that all of the, the pagan rituals were being um, performed in. Gideon gathers the men of Israel to fight for God. He blows a trumpet, and it seems like miraculously... Tens of thousands of men throughout Israel decide that righteousness must prevail, and they come to Gideon. Now he again asks for sign for this new phase, rising up against a mighty army. Okay, so that's where he asks for the fleece. But you see what happened and how quickly? He had dramatic things happening in his experience, and he goes and, and he's following the will of God, but he's seeing physical signs in front of him. He's talking to an angel. He's watching miracles. All of these things are happening. And so it's a very it's a very act by sight, not by faith experience for him. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay? So, so now he gathers up this great and mighty army. He puts out the fleece to know, okay, am I supposed to really do this? And, the, and, and God says, you know, you, I kind of, I, I like to imagine, you know, God looks down and, he, and he's like, I'm just patting Gideon on the head. It says, "My son, it's okay. Yes, I'll, 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 I'll help you understand. I'm asking you to do something very, very different from anything you've ever done. I'll walk you through it. Don't worry. I've shown you things already, and I'll show you more. And now there's even more. Oh, there is. Yeah, because now um, um, you said he asked for signs for this next phase. What, what's next? His army goes from thirty thousand to three hundred. His fears are quelled by another sign among his men and victory. Okay, so so he has 30,000 men assembled to, a, to, to fight maybe a 40,000-man army. And, you know, God says army's too big. And so God whittles his army down to just 300. Now Gideon, again, is afraid. And so uh, Gideon is, is also reassured by God again. And he's basically told, okay, go into the camp and listen to what the men say. And he goes into the camp and with, with one of his chief advisors, and they hear one of the men talking. I had this dream last night, and it, it was about you know, the Midianites being conquered. And he said, and in the dream, it must have been Gideon. It must have been Gideon and, and, and his men you know, with God. And so he knows that God is with him, and he gets the courage. But see, Jonathan, his whole experience was visual. Yes. His whole experience was seeing physically seeing the will of God unfolding before him. Our experience isn't that way. We don't have angels dropping down in front of us, consuming sacrifices before us. No, we don't. Okay, well, you know, it's, it's a different thing. So, though we're not Gideon, we can have the faith and courage of Gideon, and like him, follow the voice of God in our own experiences. Gideon saw God's will, and he ran to do it, to his credit. He was afraid, but he still ran to do it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So, you know, the the sense is you put all of your trust in God. You don't lean on your own ways of thinking. 
in everything you do and everything you think about, you acknowledge him. And then, after all of that, he can direct your paths. It's not like, well, I want to, I want to uh, uh, you know, do something or accomplish something, so I'm not sure if I should go this way or that way. So, dear Lord, when I come back to my, you know, if I take a bathroom break and I come back to the studio, if my coffee cup is now suddenly empty, I'll know that this is what it means. <laughs> or if it's suddenly been refilled, I'll know. No. That's not where we are. Okay, but we still have the ability to hear God's voice in our experiences. Yes, we do. But our experiences, our mind needs to be bent toward the will of God to be able to hear him through our experiences. And there's several ways that we're going to get to to help us with that. Yes. Folks, if you have a thought. It's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. And that means we're on right now. And you can message us on your smartphone app during the program, and we will try to share your comment on air. Okay, Jonathan, one more scripture, and then we want to go to a quick app tip, and then we're going to uh, go to uh, soundbite. So, Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you will go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. There is great comfort in a promise like that. I will instruct you and teach you in a way that you should go. I mean, when you think about the power of that statement, God is going to help you in the way that you should go. And does that mean just because you want him to, he will? No. Is, are you living, according to the previous Proverbs scripture we read, Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, are we living, are we, are we trusting in him with all of our heart? Are we putting our own understanding are aside? Are we in tune with him? Exactly. Really in tune. And if we are, we can hear the voice of God through our experiences. Speaking of experiences, if you have the Christian Questions app, uh, there's lots of things that you can do. And, 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 and so what we want to do is just give you just a, a quick little app tip. Jewel, your, uh, Jonathan, your wife is here with us. Yes, Good morning, is. Jewel. Good morning. Uh, we know you really love talking on the radio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so give us a quick app tip. You're an app user. Sure. I um, was actually playing with my app recently, and I was trying to look up a topic and realized that the best way to do that is go to archives, and at the top, um, actually you can hit at the top bar, search by title. Um, if your topic names, example, discouragement is not in a title, it will not come up. So if it doesn't come up, try to find a different word um, that you would maybe have in the title. For example, with discouragement, um, I typed in depression, and then a lot of topics came up and discouragement was dealt with in those programs. All right. that. I hope that made sense. That's a great see. That's a great app tip from an app user. Absolutely. Uh, that y- y- there's ways to search, and if the word that you're looking for doesn't produce the result, it simply wasn't in one of the titles. Use a different word. Use a synonym. How about that? Did you think I could use a word like that? <laughs> wow, huh? it's early. Am I impressive or what? <laughs> okay, so let's get back to the, the 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 focus on God's direction for us in in our lives. Let's go to a soundbite from Matthew Kelly. Um, how does God speak to us? And he, sa- he talks about some things that are really important in this. Listen, listen carefully. The first voice of God is the voice of legitimate need. The voice of legitimate need. You and I, human beings, we have legitimate needs. In the four areas we've been speaking about, in the four areas we've been speaking about, in the four areas we've been speaking about, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual. Physically, if you don't eat, you will die. 
You have a legitimate need for food. Physically, if you don't eat, you will die. You have a legitimate need for food. And we have legitimate needs in each of the four areas. Physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. Who gave us this need to eat? This need to drink? Who gave us this legitimate need? God gave us this need. And so when we hear this need calling out to us, whose voice do we hear? We hear the voice of God. When we hear our legitimate needs, physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually, calling out to us, we hear the voice of legitimate need. So there is a voice of legitimate need, and, and that is a very powerful and important um, principle that we're going to carry with us as we go through the program. Now, because legitimate needs, God is, you know, we have promises as Christians, you have promises that God you know, will, will supply all your needs. Absolutely. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4. Not all our wants. Ah, uh, see now, you know... So when you say, you know, I'm hungry, I need to eat, and I need to eat filet mignon right now, that, that's not quite a need, okay? You can do with something far less than that. Yes. You know, and, and so the sense of understanding our legitimate needs from illegitimate needs, which we're going to get into a little bit later, is really important in figuring out the voice of God in our lives. Jonathan, let's uh, take a quick trip to the phones. All right. Well, we have Carol from Connecticut. Good morning, Carol, and welcome to Christian Questions. Hi. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I have a big question. Yes. How do you determine, okay, when I talk to Don and I talk to God all the time, how do you determine that it's not the devil that is leading you or it's God? Because, you know, I believe there's a devil around us. Yes. And how do I determine that this is God's way and this is what God wants me to do rather than the devil's way? All right, Carol, that is an awesome question. It is. And stay with us. I'm not going to give you an answer on the phone because that's a really long answer. <laughs> and the rest of the program is built around trying to get that answer in, in place. Okay. So, I'll be listening. All right, Carol. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Take care. So she, she put the question out there. How do you know? Because the voices that we can hear can be from God. They can be from Satan. They can be from the world. They can be from ourselves. Selfishness, sure. So how do we know? Great question, Carol. Oh, that Let's, is. The first answer to that, Jonathan, I think, begins with humility. It's something that comes up all the time on this program because it's so critically important to our Christian lives. Humility is implied throughout our whole discussion as a basic key to hearing God's voice in our experiences. Now, in the next verse... God is commanding us as his children to be protected under his hand. So this is already going to get into, beginning to, to uh, uh, explain and answer to, to Carol's question. First Peter 5, verses 6 through 9. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Okay, so you humble yourself first and he can protect you. Be of a sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You need to be protected because, like Carol was saying, the devil is right there. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. All right, so we're, we're about out of time for the segment, Jonathan, but just read this next scripture really quickly, James 4, 7 through 10. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Notice you've got to do both parts. You've got to have your heart and mind in the right place. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into dejection. And... 
Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. So it's a matter of our attitude. We're going to have to get into these scriptures a little bit more in the next segment. It's all about learning to hear the voice of God. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, How Does God Speak to Us Here and Now? Part 2. Coming up, does hearing God's voice take work, or do we take everything we hear as if it is from God? Is that wise? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, How Does God Speak to Us Here and Now? Part 2. To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. Or you can message us on your app. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now and our website, ChristianQuestions.com. So, Jonathan, you know, we've been talking about hearing God through our experiences. And, yes, you can hear God through your experiences. But you have to be careful as to how you frame your experiences in order to hear what God is telling you through them. Uh, We are not Gideon. We are not in a live-by-sight Environment. We are in a live-by-faith environment. The last couple of scriptures we read from First uh, Peter and from James talk to us about humility. Yes, well, and it's a key. Giving us godly perspective so we can take godly action. That's what they were saying. You have to have the humility in place so you can have godly perspective. Not just a perspective, godly perspective so you can take action. If we are gods, then we need to act like it. And in our case, unlike Gideon, we act by faith. And not by sight. And the New Testament really does help to explain that to us. James four thirteen through 17. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage business and make profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. There's excitement. You're just a vapor. You're going to vanish away. You know, and, and he, he's saying that you know, you've got to be careful in what you say as a Christian in terms of looking forward in your life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We're going to you know, you know, accomplish this thing and that thing. Lord willing. Well, let's finish the scripture. J- chapter, uh, chapter James chapter 4, starting out with verses 15 through 17. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is said, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. So instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills. And that is part of the humility from those previous scriptures. It is. It puts things in great perspective. And also gives you flexibility to say, okay, Lord. This is what you wanted me to do instead of that? Okay. Right. So we're, we're making decisions. We're moving forward. We're, we're assuming, I would think, that if you're a Christian, you're assuming you're following the Lord's will. But if you put that caveat into it on a regular basis, if it's the Lord's will, then you are giving yourself the ability to hear something that may be different. Yes. Because, you know, something gets in the way of the Lord's will all the time. It's us. <laughs> yeah, it's me. That's who, me. And, and so we have to really be understanding how it works. So here's the way to begin to overcome that challenge. How do we hear the voice of God? How can we hear it? Proverbs 30, verse 5, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. So we can hear through our study of the word. 
we can hear the voice of God through our study of his word. And Jonathan, this is one of the most important ways to tell if it's Satan or the devil communicating darkness to you or a communication of God in light. Good point. Is it verifiable in the word of God? God has spoken what he has said and what he has wanted for those who believe and what he has promised for believers are recorded for our benefit. That's what the word of God is. Sure. We now have to learn how to understand it all. Look at how many times in this next verse. We're going to read this next verse, then we'll go to the phones. Look at how many times in this next verse, Psalm 119, 105 through 112, we're led back to focusing on the word of God. This is, this is really cool. There's like seven verses. I'm going to stop you after every single one. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and I will confirm it that I will keep your righteous ordinances. See, the word is recognized as the guiding light. I am exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Don't revive me just for the sake of reviving me. Revive me how? According to your word. Oh, accept the free will offering of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. Teach me what? How to be a good person? No, teach me your ordinances, your word. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. I have to make decisions all the time in life. How do I do them? I go back to your law. Where is that written? In his word. You see the trend here? The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not gone astray from your precepts. I want to get back at them. I might want revenge. I, I have all of this the emotional response inside of me, but I will not step outside of your precepts. Where do you get God's precepts? God's word. I have inherited your testimony forever, for they are the joy of my heart. What is the joy of your heart? The testimonies of God. Where are they written? In his word. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, even to the end. My life is, want, I want my life to end as it is now by having my heart incl- inclined to perform your statutes, which are written where? In his word. There is an incredible perspective here. If, if this is not listening to the voice of God, then what is? See, you know, this is telling us this is where you find the voice of God. To obey these things is to know them. So these scriptures really give us a sense of what the voice of God really is all about. Well, Rick, let's go to the phones. We have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Gentlemen, good morning. Morning. Uh, yes, the last program you had on this on this topic, uh, Kathy, as you mentioned, was uh, your uh, co-host. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, she was looking at my notes because the scripture that she quoted, I, 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 I had in my. That's the first scripture that comes to mind when you ask how God speaks to us. Of course, you you got some magnificent examples who can deny. But Hebrews chapter one, uh, verse one, two, and three, something like that. It says, uh, you know, how God speaks to us today through His Son. Yes. Now. In answer to uh, Carolyn, was it called? Carol, yes. Carol, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think you're giving some uh, beautiful answers. I like the Psalms 119. Well, what a beautiful psalm. Uh, also, I'd like to uh, add uh, uh, the specific incident with our Lord Jesus in, confronting, in confrontation with the devil. Remember Matthew chapter yes. 4? Yes. I don't know if you mentioned that already or no, not. No, but that's good. Uh, where uh, our Lord, uh, his answer, Jesus' answer was, it is written. Yes. 
So going to what Jonathan mentioned earlier about working, it takes work, yeah. The Lord Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights to study, to work, to find out, to discover, to learn what God's Word is. So that's, that's how we, uh, we're prepared to, uh, one of the ways we're prepared to uh, answer the devil. Thank you. God bless. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. So, so Julius brought up several, several very important points, and, and the last of which was uh, you know, something to, to really focus on and, and meditate on, and, and that is Jesus' example of studying the Word. And, and how many times did he quote Old Testament prophecies? So many. So many. He knew what to do because the written Word of God was his instructor. Now, he prayed and obviously, you know, spoke to God. We, we know that, but he got it from the written word. Mm-hmm. So how important that is in determining if what we're following is, is, is godly or not. And, and Jonathan, oftentimes what's written in the word is not necessarily what I want, me personally, Rick, the human being. Yeah, we have to be careful of what we want. You're talking to me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> because we need, and, and that brings us to the next point. We, we talked about legitimate needs. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to that soundbite from Matthew Kelly. He's going to be talking here about illegitimate wants. The, folks, listen carefully. to. I hope this one doesn't skip like the others did, but if it does, just bear with it. He's making a point several times over. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us don't even have the foggiest idea what our legitimate needs are because our culture, our world, and our lives are almost completely focused on our illegitimate wants. We spend most of our time, most of our energy, focused and chasing our illegitimate wants. We think that if we can have more of these things that we want, that then we'll find happiness. That then we'll find peace in our hearts, in our lives. And so we chase, and we chase these illegitimate wants, all the time ignoring our legitimate needs, which are in fact the key to the balance and the happiness that we desire and that God desires for us. So we're going to focus more on that. In the second hour, we're going to go back to Matthew Kelly because he, he, he says some things about illegitimate wants that is just profound. Uh, but there's a difference. We want what we want and we need what we need and the two oftentimes are completely different. That's so true. So God is not going to cater to our wants. He will show us how to fulfill our really basic needs, especially spiritually. Well, but what Carol's asking, it's interesting. Satan wants us to focus on our wants yes. to take us away from the need to rely on God. So the want starts to look like a need. Yes. And when the want looks like a need, then we can justify it as a need rather than a want. Exactly. And that's not a good end result. So good, no. good point on that. So, so, Jonathan, there's a little quick process here we want to end this first hour with. Uh, to, be given to, uh, to be given faith... Okay, and that's the way Christians need to live, is to know God's word, and this is he- learning to hear his voice. Romans ten seventeen. So when faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so we're given faith. That's the first step in the process. Next is to walk in faith. To walk in faith is to embrace God's word, God's voice, as higher than any words of any man. 1 Thessalonians two twelve to 13. That ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also... We thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as in the truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So to walk in faith is to see God's word, God's voice as higher, period. It just is. 
to work in faith. We've been given faith. We can walk in faith. Now we can learn to work in faith. In God's service is to delve deeply into God's word, again, God's voice, for our instruction. So it's not enough to just embrace it. You've got to delve deeply into it, Second Timothy two fourteen to 16. Remind them of these things, and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth, but avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. Okay, so this, Jonathan, is talking about digging deeply into the word of God. If you're going to work in faith, and how do you hear God's voice more clearly? The more fully focused you are on his will, on his word, on the the, the footsteps of Jesus, you get the voice much more clearly. You do. Now, and and it's not necessarily a voice from heaven either. I want to make that clear. I keep talking about the voice of God, but I don't ever hear a voice from heaven, but I believe I hear the voice of God. And I like that it, and distinction. And it's through the word. To be faithful in our faith. Okay, it's not enough to just work it, but to be faithful in our faith requires fidelity to God's truth. Again, through his voice, Second Peter 1, 10 to 13. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, would be abundantly supplied to you. God has chosen you. He has called you. That is something magnificent. Therefore, Therefore. I will will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already, already know them and have been established in the truth which is in present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder. You notice what he said? It's a magnificent magnificent thing to be called by God. He says, therefore, you already know them, and have been established in the truth which is present with you. That is such a powerful way to learn how to hear the voice of God. Establishes our, establish ourselves in the truth of the word. And Jonathan, part of that is understanding how to study the Bible and have it make sense. We did a, a series on that uh, several months ago. But folks, we're talking today specifically about listening for the voice of God. And no, in the Christian world, in the Christian our times, it's not a literal voice. But the voice of God is clear, it's unmistakable, and it can give us direction and peace. Much, much more on that coming up in the second hour. So if you're not on in your area, go to ChristianQuestions.com, click Listen Live, and stay with us. How does God speak to us here and now? Many ways, very effective ways, and many ways He doesn't. How do you tell the difference? We'll be back after the news all that. But till then, think about it. is Christian Questions. Simon Sinek once said, there is a difference between listening and waiting for your turn to speak. (laughs) We get stuck in that one, I'll tell you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. 
This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, we're talking about, I think, a really, really important subject this morning. It's part two of a two-part program. That's right, Rick. And our question is, how does God speak to us here and now? And our theme text is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And Rick, so far we've talked about how our experiences, we can hear God's words through our experiences and through his word. Right. But the most important thing is in harmony with God's word so, through our experiences. Right. could be caught off guard yeah and 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 the the big problem is that there are lots of voices in the world that we live in that's right and i'm not talking necessarily about hearing literal voices in your head let's you know let's be 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 clear on that but you know we we have the voices of the world we've got the voices of our own flesh Mm -hmm. and we've got the voices of satan himself and his minions if you will uh you know minions used to mean something really (laughs) dark and evil and now you think of those little little yellow yellow things (laughs) So, but in the darkest and most evil sense possible, Satan has minions. Okay, yes. and and his voice is powerful, and his voice is specializes in taking our wants and making them look like needs. And God's voice, through the Word of God specifically and especially, focuses us on how to fulfill whatever our needs are, especially spiritually. That's where we need to be looking to hear God's voice. So as we continue our discussion, yes, we can hear God's voice in our experiences. We can hear God's voice when we study the word, especially when we study the word, because that helps us put our experiences in a spiritual perspective. Absolutely. But there's more to it than that. How else can we hear God's voice? Through prayer, Rick. And that's an important part of of our overall Christian experience. Prayer has been said to be our lifeline. And that is very true. So think about it. Why does somebody cling to a lifeline? It's not to get everything we always wanted in life. You know, if you're clinging to a lifeline, you're in the water, you're floating away, and you're on a lifeline, and somebody's on the other side, you're saying, I want a Mercedes, pull me in. That's not what you're thinking now, is it? No. No, no, no. It's to be drawn to the individual on the other side of that lifeline so we can be given life. We want to do God's will, and we love him. And that's why we engage in prayer. And so it's not about what we want for our personal, physical selves. No, not at all. It's about wanting to be Christ-like, following Jesus' footsteps. We want direction. And, and that's such an important thing. That's what prayer is about, learning direction. The Apostle Paul, we've used this example a hundred times or maybe more than that on our program, but we're going back to it because it's so powerful. Second Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. This is the Apostle Paul and his deep desire for God's intervention in his life. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. So if you read this account, it says, well, wait, you want something to leave you because it was exalting you? You know, uh, it's, he's, He's saying, why would you want it to leave you if having it is 
keeping you in the right place because he's talking to us after the fact. That's right. He's exactly. he's reporting. I now know why this thorn in the flesh was given to he me. Learn the lesson. Right. So he's reporting from a standpoint of now I know I was I was handicapped for my best spiritual benefit. So he's already walking, he's already working, and he's already faithful, and he's still undergoing hardship. So he prays and he prays, you know, I could do better. I know I could do better. And what's the answer? And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. And the answer was no. Now, was was the Apostle Paul crushed? No, he wasn't. No. He He rejoiced with hearing the answer. Right. He was made stronger. Yes. Because now he got it, and nothing changed but everything changed <laughs> because now his attitude could be in line with the why of the experience. That's God's voice. That's right there. That, that, that helps us. So what's his reaction? Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak physically, then I am strong spiritually so he not only accepts the handicap but he says okay i really get this every other thing that looks really bad and wrong in life this lesson is expanded right to everything so all of those things are now good in my so so wow it it wasn't what his flesh wanted but it was what what his spiritual life could rejoice in yes so whenever we hear the voice of god in paul's case it came through jesus and seems to have been an actual voice Whenever we hear this voice of God, it should serve as a reaffirmation of what our life should truly be about. What our life should be about. And for the Apostle Paul, the no answer was affirming where his life was supposed to be going. And he embraced it, even though it wasn't comfortable. That's right. Service and sacrifice he lived. Yes. Folks, if you have a thought, how do you hear the voice of God in life? 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985 for all. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. And that means we're on right now. And don't forget to sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition at ChristianQuestions.com. Jonathan, let's go to another soundbite. Um, you know, we heard a soundbite from a, a woman in the in the first hour talking about um, the three voices um, you hear in prayer, and she was saying, you know, it's as simple as just opening up your Bible and reading whatever scriptures there. That's God speaking to you. Uh, maybe it can work occasionally, but that, don't make that a habit. No, because you're you're just you're just playing a game. You know, and, and well, anyway, let, let's get let's get back to to her, some of her comments on this. I just find it very hard sometimes. To be confident that it's a Lord, the Lord when I'm communicating with him about something I'm attached to. People say, well, but I hear the Lord in my heart. But here's what the scriptures say. The heart in Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond. The heart is perverse and unsearchable. Who can know it? So that's tricky too. What's in our heart isn't always what's holy and right and godly. And that is just so, it's such a powerful piece of advice. You know, but I feel it. I feel it. You know, in the scriptures, and, and I don't know, I, I'm going to make a statement. I'm not sure if it's, if it's 100% verifiable scripturally, but I, I, I tend to think so. There's nothing about, you know, feeling uh, God's will and, and so therefore moving on it. There's nothing about emotionalism. 
Yeah, we have to be careful of that, right? Be, because it's so easy to get tied up in an emotional feeling. You know, a lot of times if you go to a church, especially that that focuses on, you know, you know, feeling the spirit and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, look, yeah. people worship in a lot of different ways, but you do that and and then you get this feeling that okay, well God wants this for me and I just feel it. But is that what the word of God says we should be looking for? And when we put our prayers out to the Lord and to the Father, is that what we are asking for? Are we asking in accordance with his will, like we talked about that scripture in the in the first hour? Or are we talking about how we feel? Well, it feels right. Yeah, but just because it feels right doesn't mean it is. You know, people have left their spouses to, to commit adultery and, and, and screw up their families because it felt right. It's you know That's sad. you got to you got to put feelings where they belong and honestly and this may not be a, a great <laughs> a happy thought but sometimes feelings belong in the bottom of the barrel okay they they should be the last thing we look at good point okay they they really should so in seeking to hear God's voice through prayer we need to be careful that our spiritual hearing is set on the things above just like the soundbite said and and that's much harder than it might seem James chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 now 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 James is writing to 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 dedicated Christians of his time but it doesn't sound like it <laughs> what he's saying in this verse those conflicts and disputes among you where do they come from do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you you want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. If you just read those those verses, you think, who is he talking to? And the answer is he's talking to dedicated Christians. Arguing among themselves and, and, and murdering someone's reputation yes. because you, you're blasting them with your thoughts. Because it feels... Emotionalism. And, it's a part of it. And, and, and so understand that seeking to hear God's voice through prayer, we have to be able to get through that and get to the core of our spirituality and our spiritual growth. So he continues. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. So that's the lesson of not following how we feel, but following what the word of God gives us to do or to say or to think or to focus on look how deceptive selfishness can be it is, it really is a is a a great great tool of satan it is a great tool of satan so you know if if we're praying for things and looking for god's voice to verify things that we want be really careful for sure be really really careful folks again if you have a thought we're talking about hearing the voice of god 866-985-4255. Our conversation continues online at christianquestions.com. Contact us there with your questions and comments. Also, interact with us on our Facebook and tweet us at CQ Net Radio. So, Jonathan, we've talked about hearing the voice of God through our experiences. It can be done absolutely positively. And God speaks through our experiences all the time. Yes. You verify what you're hearing by the Word. Exactly. You hear the voice of God through the Word of God. In harmony with Him. And then you also can further deepen your hearing the voice of God and understanding the voice of God through prayer. Let's go to one more example of prayer, of being offered up in prayer. This is an Old Testament example, but the principles are really, really inspiring. Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2. He sees the world around him is a disgusting immoral, chaotic mess. It sounds like he lives next door to us. (laughs) (laughs) How long, O Lord, will I call for help and you will not hear? I cry out to you, violence, yet you do not save. And and you say, well, 
you know, God, where are you in the midst of look at what's happening? God, why is the world so out of balance? This is what he was asking way back then. Why, why does he, he, he had no idea. <laughs> How bad it could get. <laughs> you know, why does evil prevail? Uh, uh, why don't you see? Why don't you do something? So Habakkuk is pouring out his, his heart. He's pouring out his emotion to God, his concern, his lack of understanding. So what does he do? How does he prepare for the answer? Does he go and cower in a corner, afraid of the world? No. He goes and he positions himself to see the answer, to see the voice and hear the voice of God. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. So Habakkuk positioned himself to be of value and use to the cause of God. He showed great faith. But oh, again, he did. remember, he was also living in a time where it was, it was not by faith, but often by sight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was a little bit different, but the principle is still the same. Position yourself to be of value to the cause of godliness and Christianity. And to receive the answer to your prayers. Right, because that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're sending out, saying, I, 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 I feel like I need to know what I should be doing. What's next? Then the Lord answered me and said. Okay, so he says, okay, and then an answer came. When he was positioned, the answer came. Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets, that one who reads it may run, for the vision is yet the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come, it will not delay. So the answer was maybe not exactly what he wanted to hear, but it was exactly what was needed to be heard. And that was, the answer is the vision is not lost or late. It will be manifest, but not the way you're hoping for, not the way you're expecting. It's going to take time, my time, God's time, not yours. You want it fixed right now. I'm telling you, patience, my son, it's coming all in my God's time. Meanwhile, write it down, show it, and inspire others with it. And so Habakkuk writes the vision, and it is a prophecy for us to look at the vision of the plan of God written plainly so that we can see that God has a reason for allowing violence and evil and sin and darkness and death and greed and and misery because that's part of the plan. Wait, be patient. That's what the Word, the voice of God, tells us. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, How Does God Speak to Us Here and Now? Part 2. Coming up, so we hear the voice of God through our experiences, our study of the Word, and prayer. How else? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, How Does God Speak to Us? Here and Now, Part 2. To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. Or you can message us on your app. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central. That means we're on right now and our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And please take advantage of our free offers of CQ Rewind, the full edition, on our website at ChristianQuestions.com and your app for your smartphone. Got to take advantage of those things. Uh, there is no cost involved, and they're great 
tools. That's the thing. Seeker Rewind, the full edition, you got to sign up for it at ChristianQuestions.com or through your app. It's a great tool to be able to uh, figure out and study the scriptures. And, you know, Jonathan, I talked about, just briefly in the first hour, mentioned about, you know, learning how to study the Bible and have it make sense. Yes. And how we've done a series of programs on that. There's actually a booklet named How to Study the Bible and Have It Make Sense. And we offer that as a free uh, booklet through the app as well. So you can do that. It says free book. You offer it. We'll send it to you. And it really helps to figure out how the scriptures are written. So, so Jonathan, we've talked about our experiences, our ways to hear the voice of God. Uh, the Word of God is a really awesome way to hear the voice of God. And prayer. And prayer is a great way to hear the voice of God. How else can we hear the voice of God? We can hear it through the very power of God in our lives, through His Spirit. John sixteen thirteen. But when the Spirit of truth comes, it will guide you into all the truth, for it will not speak of its own initiative. But whatever it hears, it will speak, and it will disclose to you what is to come. So the spirit of truth, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, is God's power and influence working directly in our lives. That's a massive thought. That's a thought that's bigger than my little brain can handle. And Rick, how often, when you're reading verses in the Bible, all of a sudden... Something connects with another verse, another concept, and all of a sudden you've been enlightened, and you have a broader understanding than you ever did. That's God working through you. And, and I think that's a great example of how the Spirit really does work in terms of focusing us, because it is, I think, really primarily focusing us on not only learning and understanding the Word, but ap- applying it as well. Yes. God's Spirit is a powerful influence and force of His voice. We need caution here, as our own Spirit and our own influences can easily get in the way and be counterfeit of God's Spirit. Isn't that really the core of what Carol's question yes. was? Yes. How do I know? Right. Is it from God or from the devil? Well, Second Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. We're going to read this from the Rotherham translation because it talks about this very issue. Unto us, in fact, hath God revealed through the Spirit, for the Spirit into all things maketh, searcheth, yea, the deep things of God. For who of man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of the man that is in him? Thus even the things of God hath no one come to know, save the spirit of God. So it's likening the power and influence of God with the power and influence of a human being. It's saying these are the same kinds of things, and you know the, the, the human influence knows the deep things of a man because it's that deep, uh, deep-seated influence within the man that, that knows. So, so, so... How do, you, how do you separate from one and get onto the other? But as for us, not the spirit of the world have we received, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things which, by God, have seen, given, and favor unto us, which we also speak, not in words taught of human wisdom, but in such as are taught of the spirit by spiritual words, spiritual things explaining. So a lesson here is, is speaking that which is of God's voice. So it differentiated. The first lesson is you got to be clear of the source of the input that's in your mind. Right. You know, you got the spirit of man, the, your own spirit, your own power, Flesh, yeah. your own influence, mm-hmm. and then you got God's spirit. And the two can be at odds with one another. They can. And one can override the other. You know, our human spirit can override the spirit of God in our own hearts and minds, and we don't even know it. You're right. So this this lesson, it, what what the apostle is saying is, speak that which is of God's voice. Check, double check, and triple check. Make sure that you are, are, are speaking of, from the right source. So he continues, verses 14 to 16. 
But a man of the soul doeth not welcome the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, and he cannot get to know them, because spiritually are they examined. But the man of the Spirit, on the one hand, examineth all things, but on the other hand, he himself by no one is examined. For who hath come to know the mind of the Lord that shall instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And there you have it. We have the mind of Christ. And so if we are focusing on using the mind of Christ, then we can learn to hear the voice of God through God's Spirit. But Jonathan, just because you proclaim to have the, the, the Spirit of God working in your life doesn't mean you do. True. Okay, and, and that, that might be a harsh statement, but let's look at how is our life focusing? How, what, is it, what, what, are, what are the most important things? You know, what... You know, I heard I heard a, 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 a leadership mentor talk about, you know, I can tell you the kind of thing you should be doing uh, with your life with after a five-minute conversation with you. Because I'm going to ask you what gets you deeply excited inside of, of your heart. And, and then he said, and what makes you cry? You know, and, and what is it that, that we are really focused on? And is it following the footsteps of Jesus with everything within us? See, that shows the spirit of God really beginning to have its hold on our lives. Nice. So the lesson here is God's voice through us can be easily the subject of criticism for those of this world because they're not going to understand because your, 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 your principles and priorities are just... They're different. Completely different. So we can hear the very voice of God through the power of His Spirit working in our lives. How else can we hear the voice of God in our lives? How about meditation? And, and, you know, I like the combination of when you pray and you're looking for an answer from God, you meditate and, and are ready to receive it, like Habakkuk. So the idea is not just to pray and expect, you know, that, that you know, you go out to the mailbox and there's the answer right there, no. same-day delivery. <laughs> you know, God doesn't do a lot of same-day delivery No, things. he doesn't. <laughs> a lot of times it's, you think you got lost in the mail, actually. <laughs> but, but that's where meditation becomes such a very powerful part. Because, you know, never underestimate the power of thought, especially reflective thought. So how do we put our reflective thoughts into the place where we can hear the voice of God? Because you're right, meditation on the right things can help us to hear the voice of God. Absolutely. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern and 6 to 8 Central, and that means we're on right now. Christian Questions, a weekly habit that's good for you. Thanks for tuning us in every Sunday morning. Join our conversation any day and time at ChristianQuestions.com. All right, so let's focus on this meditation aspect of our lives and hearing the voice of God through that. Jonathan, I'm gonna, we, we, we've got here one, two, three. We've got four aspects of dealing with our, the, the power of thought and the power of reflective thought in order to find the voice of God in it. So the first point is that we need to check our outward attitude. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. We're just going to read verses 4 and 5 right now. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. See, that's such an outward scripture. Rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known just to those who are around you. Just to those in your household? To all men. So it should be on the outside 
that rejoicing and the gentleness of Christ's likeness in you. And folks, if it's not on the outside of us, if we don't have the courage to put it on the outside of us, then what's really going on on the inside? Mm, interesting. Okay, so if we want to get into the proper mental capacity to really being able to truly reflect on godly things, what the apostle is saying is, what's, the, what's your outside looking like? You're not, you don't have to go to try to convert the world today or tomorrow, but is that gentle Christ-like spirit coming out from you? So that's the first point. Check your outward attitude. The second point is you got to obviously, if you're checking your outward attitude, you got to check your inward ad- attitude for the second point. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's so interesting how those first two verses were completely outward, and now these verses 6 and 7 are completely inward. They're they're saying, okay, don't be anxious. See, now, anxiousness is something that eats away from the inside out. Oh, yeah. Okay. And there's a lot of it in this world. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, I, I'm sure you struggle with anxiousness sometimes. Oh, yeah. I do. Absolutely. I do. You know, so, but it says be anxious for nothing. How do you alter being anxious for nothing? But in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So you put it before God, but God does not do same-day delivery, almost never. Right. So now what do you have to do? Wait. And that's where the next verse comes into play. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. While you struggle, while you have these things that you're, you're trying to put into, into place, let the peace of God reign in your life. That's meditation. And that's also trusting yes. in our Heavenly Father. And we can't meditate on godliness unless we first trust. Absolutely. So that's the meditative perspective here coming out and shining, saying, okay, the peace of God can reign in your heart. So, And when you have the peace, you don't need the, the immediate answer because you've got the strength to sustain you until the answer is appropriate. And that takes away anxiety, it too. It truly, <laughs> truly does. So that's the second point in, in, in terms of getting the power of thought and reflective thought working to hear the voice of God. First, we check our outward attitude. Second, we check our inward attitude. Third... Now we can reflect. For having passed those two previous tests of outward and inward attitude, our spiritual hearing should be in good order. Uh, verses, uh, ver- verse 8 of Philippians chapter 4. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. So when you... You, you were talking about, ref- you know, we were talking about meditation and reflecting. Yes. Well, let's start with the last four words of this verse. Dwell on these things. Yes. If you're dwelling on something, you can be, that, that's a, a way of meditating, mm-hmm. is you, you dwell on them. Well, what do you dwell on? Those things that are honorable and right and pure and lovely and of good repute. Those are the things that you, you, you mean, not the cares of the world and the busyness of life. And you've got to be here and you've got to be there. And, <laughs> and I want and I want and I want and I want. Yeah. Uh, you, no. See, that's what we should be dwelling on. That's the power. The voice of God really does come through the quietness of our lives. If we can allow ourselves to just be quiet enough for long enough and to focus on good enough things so he can be heard. That's really where it comes from. Voice of Satan doesn't work that way. 
It doesn't work that way. It works through the noise. It works through the want. It works through the desire. It works through the ego. That's see, You see, they're completely different. So, you know, getting back to Carol's question for yeah. the first hour, one of the great ways to tell what voices we're listening to is what are we meditating on, really? What are we reflecting on? And how do we see the answer coming? Is it coming through peace and quietness and scriptural support? Or is it coming from what we feel and what we think and, and you know, what I, what I want? So it, it is great, great verse. So, <clears throat> you know, um, the fourth uh, aspect of the reflective meditative process, the third one was, you know, our spiritual hearing now can be in good order and it lists out the kinds of things to be reflecting on. That's right. Fourth is now we've got to learn to live those reflections, knowing that these things bring us within hearing distance of God's voice. These things have you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. These verses, Jonathan, and you know, I've read these verses, I don't know, a, a thousand times in my life, maybe. I don't know. But until my own personal preparation for today's discussion, I had never seen the power of the connection of verse 9 to the previous verses. These things you have learned and received and heard and seen, practice, and God of peace will be with you. That's the secret. It's the repetitious practice. That's where God's voice is. You know, if you've got God's peace in your life, you know what else you have in your, in your life? What? God's voice. <laughs> it's, it's really simple. You know, the peace that passes all understanding. God's voice is what feeds that. And where do we get it? Through the Word. And how do we access the Word? By study, by experience, and by prayer. That's where the voice of God really, truly comes from. God's voice wants to be in us. And it can get there through Christ. We have to open the door. We have to invite it in. Colossians three fifteen to 17 Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Thankfulness is a part of all of this. It really is, because thankfulness gives a sense of being thankful in, in all things, mm-hmm. and that comes back to the humility that we were talking about it earlier. Does. And so, so this is, there's a superstructure. It takes away selfishness, too, because you're thanking God. You're honoring exactly. Him, exactly. taking the focus off of self. So all of these are the tools of hearing God's voice in, in our lives. Choose ye this day what will rule in your heart. Is it going to be the turmoil of life or the peace and voice of God through Christ? We, that's a choice. But you can't make that choice unless we are focusing on his word and his will. I like verse 16, Rick. It says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. And there's such powerful uh, uh, lesson in that. Let it richly dwell. Yeah. Not let it come visit for a moment. The value of it. It's yeah. a treasure. Right, right. And, and if it richly dwells there, that means, first of all, when something dwells, that means it's got roots. Yeah, I like that okay. picture. Yeah. So if the peace of God has roots in your heart, then the voice of God, by definition, can have roots in your heart. We will pick up on the rest of this verse uh, because we only read part of verse 16 in the next segment. Choose ye this day which words will guide you, the words of the flesh and the devil or the words of Christ. Observe, think, reflect, and act. That's how you find the voice of God. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, How Does God Speak to Us Here and Now? Part 2. Coming up, can we 
be the voice of God for others. How about for those in our fellowship? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, How Does God Speak to Us Here and Now? Part 2. To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-FOR-ALL, or you can message us on your app. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. Eastern and 6 to 8 Central, that means we're on right now, and our website is ChristianQuestions.com. So, Jonathan, you know, hearing the voice of God, it's interesting. We've spent this program talking about all these different ways to hear the voice of God, and it doesn't, the voice of God is not primarily going to come to us in a vision or in an angelic visit or, or in, in, a uh, in a dream. Mm-hmm. Th- those are things that we don't need because we have all of these other tools which are all the time, they're very effective. The example of the Old Testament, the example of the New Testament, Jesus himself, the disciples, the apostles, we got it. Right. So we can hear the voice of God through our experiences. We hear the voice of God through prayer. We hear the voice of God um, through his word. Through his word. Yeah, word. his word is really, really a, a key. And his spirit and enlightens his spirit. us. And through meditation. Yes. There's something we've left out. Now, we're not saying these are the only ways to hear the voice of God, but these, in in our minds, are some of the real primary ways. How else can we hear the voice of God? We can hear the voice of God through others. Through the voices of the brotherhood. Yes. We can hear the voice of God through the voices of others. So let's continue Colossians three sixteen to 17. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Okay, so choose ye this day whose words are going to guide you, the words of the world and the flesh and the devil or the words of Christ. So now here's some classic ways that the voice of God passes through us. And now Colossians three sixteen continues. With all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. With voice, voice of God with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. The voice of God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So teaching and admonishing one another, in other words, pouring spirituality into each other. There's a synergy that comes from it, Rick. And you you can find answers by having that, by being part of that, that, that synergy, that pouring out a spirituality for, you know, you bring whatever you can bring and another brings whatever they can bring and the third person brings whatever they can bring. And because we're all unique and different, it, it just adds such a, um, a, a benefit right. to all. There, there's a deep, deep value here. And in that scripture, uh, I was thinking of, do not forsake the assembling of thyselves together. Right. Even so more as you see the day approaching. In yeah. other words, the days we are going to get worse. We need each other to, to grow, to learn, to, to stay connected to God. Absolutely do. Jonathan, let's go back to a soundbite. Um, this is uh, the, the last one for today. Again, this is Matthew Kelly. About Remember, he's talking about legitimate wants and illegi- or, or legitimate needs. And illegitimate wants. And illegitimate yes. wants. Yes. Listen carefully. There's something very profound in this soundbite. Illegitimate wants, illegitimate desires. Funny thing is, you know, You never can get enough of what you don't really need. You never can get enough of what you don't really need. And we keep chasing these things that we have no need for. We have no need for. We keep filling our lives with these things that we have no need for. They're just the fruit of our illegitimate desires. 
You never can get enough of what you don't really need. If you allow that to percolate a little while, you can see the great power in understanding what that is. Mm. And that's why our world is so incredibly screwed up. Because our world, especially here and now, especially our country, is all about what I want. Mm -hmm. And we've forgotten what we need. What you expect. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, now want has become expectation. It has. And it's all wrong. It's all, it, it, and you'll never be satisfied. That's the key. You'll never be satisfied. However, if we look to hear the voice of God, it is the most satisfying thing that could ever happen in our lives. And it can come through fellowship. And, and, you know, the scriptures show us examples of that. God's voice is reflected in us as we relentlessly pursue and desire fellowship in Christ with others. Relentlessly pursue desiring fellowship. Romans 1, 9 through 15, the Apostle Paul is showing us his relentless desire along these lines. For God, whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his Son, is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you, always in my prayers making requests, if perhaps now, at last, by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you, for I long to see you, so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established. He's telling them, I am just, I, I, I can't get it out of my mind how much I want to fellowship with you. Mm -hmm. You know, when we think about the, this kind of a desire, and I just want to put this in perspective and to show, to, 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 to illustrate how high this is. When we, put, we think about that kind of desire to see somebody, we often think of, of, of romantic love. True. Okay, we think of, you know, I just can't live without you. You know, that kind of, and we all can understand that. This is higher than that. But it's the same power and it's the same passion. You are my brethren in Christ. I am, am, am fixated on wanting to contribute to your spiritual life. I mean, that's, wow. that's the apostles, <laughs> his desire. I mean, do we deeply and sincerely look for that kind of fellowship with others? Or we just take it, well, matter-of-factly. Yeah, 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 so-and-so will be there. Big deal. No, 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 no. You want to hear the voice of God. You can listen through the voices of the brother. Let's continue. Verse 12. That is, that I may encourage together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. So he's saying, I not only want to give you spirituality, I want to give Get some Receive from you. Receive it. Yes. Give me some of what you got. <laughs> That's what <laughs> he's saying. What's the Lord been teaching you lately? Right. And how can it help me? Mm -hmm. That's how you can hear the voice of God. And Jonathan, that's thrilling because that's available. And it could be an answer to prayer that you've been looking for. Amazingly so. <laughs> Amazingly so. Let's, let's, uh, verses 13 and 14. I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that often I have planned to come to you and have been prevented so far, so that I may obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. So the apostle had planned on coming, but was not able to many times. And he said, look, I've got a lot of obligations. It's not like I don't want to come. It's that I can't. There are other things that God has put in front of me to do. Um, do we listen to God's voice even if, it's, uh, if it is delaying some good spiritual experience? You know, for Paul, going to see the Romans would have been a wonderful spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And it was delayed again and again and again. But he didn't, he didn't override that voice. He obeyed it. Because he knew God's will was right. for him to stay where he was at that time. Do we rejoice in his voice when he does that? That when he delays things. Remember the Habakkuk prayer? Yes. Same thing. There's a delay. So, you know, God's voice is, is, 
can easily be reflected through the brotherhood. Now, let, let's go to the next step on that. God's voice through Jesus is reflected in us as we truly uh, reach out to one another for their benefit. And we're going to talk about this on several levels here. Okay. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brethren, even if anyone is caught up in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. So there is a sense of hearing God's voice for the benefit of others, especially in this particular case, if they are struggling. So we have a responsibility to help others yes. that are struggling. Yeah. And, okay. and it says, and it says, you who are spiritual. So it's not the kind of thing that you just go waltzing into like, I have come to save the day. No. Don't you worry about a thing. I am here. I know you're struggling. Take my hand. I'll help you out. The first thing, Rick, <laughs> I would think of is, Lord, give me wisdom to be a blessing to this dear one. And that's exactly why it says, ye who are spiritual should be doing these things because it's a tricky thing because you know personal pride can get in the way and, oh, and yeah. so so simple but so this is a a really a hands-on example of reaching out your hand to one who is struggling because they are of such great value to you and they are such great of great value to Christ that you are willing to sacrifice your time and your effort even if they've made mistakes yes and trespassed right so you can help them to, 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 to restore themselves before God. And it says, you know, bear one another's burdens. And that doesn't mean you take on the responsibility of, of what they've done. No, we But you can't help do them that. carry the weight. Yes. That's what it is. And so, Jonathan, you know, another, another aspect of this whole thing, we were talking during the break, and actually and Jewel brought this up, and she loves to talk on the radio so much that she said this time she wanted us to talk about it without her. <laughs> <laughs> but she brought up a really important point. And, and why don't you just... Re- reflect on what you were saying. Oh, you forgot? <laughs> I was looking for her notes. <laughs> I remembered what your wife said. Well, if you forgot, that's okay. But then it'll be recorded later so I can <laughs> I can listen back. But you know, she was saying that sometimes in your daily experience, maybe a, a specific brother or sister comes to your mind. Maybe you haven't seen them a bit or, or whatever. And, you know, what do you do with that? Well, could the Lord be talking to you? And saying? Maybe you should contact that individual. They may need something. Maybe there's something that you don't know that I want you to know. Yeah. And, you know, something comes into your mind like that. And see, here, here, here it, it meets all of the criteria because, first of all, it's a brother or sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's about their spiritual benefit. Or yours, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. even know. That's true. That's true. And, and thirdly, it, it's an action that we can take that would be a glory to God. Because even if they don't need something... You know, if you call somebody out of the clear blue and say, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you today. I'd be so glad. So so this is, it's part of understanding that God's voice can work through these things and not ignore. Let's not ignore that kind of thing when it happens because it's spiritually based. So we got got to continue, Jonathan. We're almost out of time. I kind of lost track here. (laughs) God's voice through Jesus is reflected in us as we intervene in the deep and damaging issues of the life of another. You know, we're talking about lending a hand. James gets even further into it. James 5, 19 and 20. My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from evil of his from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So we can be the voice of God to others. Wow. As well as we can hear it from others. Bottom line is we can hear the voice of God through many diverse members of the 
body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, 18-26. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. So, Many members, and they do a lot of different things, and you know, you may think that your job is the most important, but newsflash, it's not. (laughs) There's lots of other jobs that are supplemental and complementary to that. Let's continue. And those members of the body, which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable. And and Jonathan, that, that verse is a subject for an entire program, because... Sometimes it's the humble ones that work quietly in the corner through the power of prayer beca- are the most important, most, most mm-hmm. viable, most vibrant parts of the body of Christ. Absolutely. Let's continue. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there be, may be no division in the body, but that members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. So you see the connection. And if we're not listening for God's voice through the brotherhood, how much are we missing? Oh, good point. Because it doesn't just come because I study the word on my own and because I have my own experiences and because I pray and because I meditate and because I do all of these things. Those, those, are, those are requirements. We need to do those things. But we're given the brotherhood. We're given others through which we can hear the voice of God as well. But you know what, Jonathan? You can't hear it from somebody unless you talk to them. Yes. You can't hear it from somebody unless you draw from them experience. But but we also have to be careful that the brotherhood may not be in harmony with God's word, may be more social, may be more worldly, and we have to be careful there too, Rick. So it comes back to doing our job personally studying the word and being focused on what is right in God's eyes, not in man's eyes, but in God's eyes, and then taking the value of others who support the principles of Scripture. And that is where the voice of God comes. So folks, you see, the voice of God can be a common, everyday occurrence in our lives, but it just doesn't come in the drama that you might have thought originally. But it comes in a much more powerful package And primarily that comes from the Word of God. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, we hope you've enjoyed being with us today. We will be back again next week with another subject. But until then, meditate on the voice of God in your life and how to make it more a part of every day through His Word. Till next week, think about it.